Well, God is good. And all the time, God's good. Uh, let me, but before I forget it, let me mention this. On Wednesday evenings, and, and some of you help us, you know, pass this word around if you need to, or if you will, I should say. On, uh, on Wednesday evenings in the past, we've had something for children over, teen kids, grades 1 through 6. Uh, and we have not had anything for preschoolers. Beginning now, this coming Wednesday evening, we will have preschool too. There's something for preschoolers, uh, pre-first grade, okay? So preschool through sixth grade, there is something for the children on Wednesday nights. So help us get that word around if you would, in case uh, somebody needs to know. Uh, help, help us with that. Also, at the end of the service today, we'll, we'll be observing the Lord's Supper, and I hope that by now you have a little cup with the elements. If you did not, this would be a good time for us to make sure you get one. So if you need one, would you hold your hand up, please? Uh, Joel, if you don't mind, would you come, please, sir, and, and get a tray? And, uh, and if you need one, just keep your hand up for a minute. And there's Clay's in the back there. Clay, hold, hold your hand up. There's Clay coming from this way. And so just keep your hand up, and these gentlemen will make sure that you, you get one. Okay? Everybody got one? Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, I don't know about that. Okay, <laughs> I'm trying to forget, and you won't let me forget. All right, so thank you. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I said something about I'm trying to forget. And Larry Blackwater said, Well, you know what the alternative is, so you probably just need to take a birthday. Be happy about it. I said, Okay. All right. If you have your Bible or if you have the Word on an app that you'll be looking at, first of all, find the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. I'm in a series of messages called Back to the Basics because uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes I have to be reminded of some things. But I think the same thing holds true not only individually but in the church life. We sometimes forget. We don't mean to. We get distracted. We get a little complacent. And we're, we're moving away from the purpose of the church as opposed to uh, keeping on track with the church. And so that's what we want to do. We want to stay on track with making disciples. We want to stay on track for being a missional church. And so in Acts chapter 2, and I shared these verses with you two or three weeks ago, but let's look at them. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. In these verses, 41 through 47... Listen, are five core values, five functions of that early church. But they are also five core values, five functions that we still need in the New Testament church today in order to accomplish the mission that God has for us. So there are five things. Let's look at them. First of all, verse 41 says those who accepted his message, that is Peter's message on that day of Pentecost, 
They were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's discipleship. Teaching. They were teaching the Word. So the people were devoted to the apostles' teaching, discipleship. Watch this. To fellowship, breaking of bread and praying together. Fear came over everyone. Many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and had everything in common. Look at that word, together. Believers were together. So they sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as anyone had a need. That's ministry. Ministry is simply meeting needs in the name of Jesus. And every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from house to house. They ate food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God. That's worship. Having, and, uh, praising God, having favor with all the people. And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. That's evangelism. So five functions we see in those verses. Discipleship. Fellowship, ministry, worship, and evangelism. I have shared with you already, and I'm breaking those five functions down into a message each Sunday. I've already shared with you worship. Shared with you last week evangelism. Today I share with you fellowship. Fellowship, that is connecting we connect with God and we connect with one another. So fellowship, the Greek word is koinonia. Fellowship is more than just coffee and donuts. It's more than just Kool-Aid and cookies. But fellowship is a time when God's people come together, connect with one another. And so we are not only called to believe we are called to belong. To belong to what? To God's family. See, and I've said this before, you belong to the body. There are no such things, well, there are some people who tried to be, no place for a Lone Ranger Christian. Your faith is personal, but your faith is not private. And so we are to be in community. We are to connect, we are to have fellowship with other believers. Now, in order to connect, I want you to notice these verses in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. As we think about fellowship, as we think about connecting to one another. Look in Hebrews chapter 10 and look in verse 24. Look what the writer said, Hebrews 10:24. And let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works. So that verse says that I must focus, I am called to focus on others. Consider one another. Be concerned about one another. 
And so there are a number of one another's in the scripture that you cannot do in a circle of one. Let, let me just give you a few of those one another's. And, and this, this is by no means a, an exhaustive list. But think about it. Here's what we're called to do. We are called to love one another. We are called to submit to one another. We are called to bear with one another. We are called to teach one another. We are called to comfort one another. We are called to edify one another. We are called to exhort one another. We are called to consider one another. We are called to confess to one another. We are called to greet one another. We are called to have the same mind toward one another. We are called to receive one another. We are called to serve one another. We are called to forgive one another. Is that enough? See, see, see all the one another's in the scripture. You can't do that by yourself. Can't do it. And so we are called to have that fellowship, that koinonia. We are called to connect to others in the body of Christ. We are called. And so I have a responsibility to others, and you do too. But not only that, we need one another. The Bible says we are to stir up one another. We are to promote one another to what? To that verse in 20, Hebrews 10, 24 says, we are to promote love and good works. Love and good works. Love, that speaks of our character. Good works, that speaks of our conduct. And, and so we, we're, we're called to stir up one another as we, notice, come together. Now, there are several ways that we can come together. We can come together in church. Uh, we, we can come together outside of church, which we need to do both of those things. One of the prime examples that we have that we can come together and experience that fellowship, listen, is in small groups. Small groups. Life groups. Sunday school, if you will. Uh, as we come together to study the Word. Now, listen... But it's more than just study the Word. Now, that's important. I, I don't want to downplay the importance of studying the Word. But it's more than just studying the Word and content. Um, li listen, I, I, I think this, we, we already know more than we're putting into practice already. So it's not just content. But the thing is, when we come together... We are there for that love to stir up, to promote love and good works with one another. We are there to encourage one another. And so we have to remember that we are called to, to connect and experience that because we need it. Everybody needs it. Some people think they don't, but they really do need that fellowship, need that. And so not only am I called to focus on others, I'm also called to fellowship with others. Um, see, see it, it's, it's important that we fellowship. It's important that we come together. 
And you may say, well, I, I don't really need that. Well, I know, but somebody else might need you to fellowship and encourage them. And so if you don't need it, you come and share what you have with somebody else. I've heard people tell me that, well, I don't really need to come, um, you know, because I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable about the Bible. And I've said to them, well, you come and share with us what you know. Okay? And, and so we're called to focus. We're called to fellowship and to exhort, to encourage one another. And not only that, in verse 25 there in Hebrews 10, he said, um, not staying away from our meetings as some habitually do, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day drawing nearer. And so it's about being connected. Now, as we think about being connected, I want you to turn with me to Ephesians. If you're in the book of Hebrews, go to the left. Just a short ways, you'll run into Ephesians and find Ephesians chapter 1. As we think about being connected, way back even in the book of Genesis, in the book of Genesis, God had created man, and he said, it is not good that man should be alone. And so God made you and me to connect, to be a part of his family. As you think about connecting and, and fellowship, I want to share with you four things, four facts, and this is on your outline. Number one, God wants a family. Look in Ephesians chapter 1. And look in verse 5. He predestined us to be adopted through Jesus Christ for himself according to his favor and his will. You see that? Whose will was it? It was his will. That's what God wanted to do. God wanted a family. See, God is love. And as God is love, God gives because of His great love. And so by the same token, you and I are made in the image of God. We are made to give. And to receive too, by the way, but we're made to give. And so we need a family. Listen, family is important. Biological family is important, but so is a church family important. So is your spiritual family important. And, and God wants you to be, God wants a family, and secondly, He wants you to be in His family. See verse 4 in that Ephesians chapter 1? Look what it says in verse 4. He chose us in Him. Before the foundation of the world, to be holy and blameless in His sight. Did you know that God chose you? You say, well, well, I, I, I made that decision. I, I chose God. No, He chose you first. When did He choose you? Come on. When, when did He choose you? We just read it. Before the foundation of the world. 
In eternity past, God knew you. He knew who you were going to be, what you were going to do. He, you didn't choose Him. He chose you first. Don't that just startle you? I mean, that my, my little BB brain can just can hardly comprehend that. But God loves you, and He chose you to be a member of His family. Now, guys, well, girls may have done it too. You ever played sandlot baseball or football or whatever? No? I'm the only one. There's three or four of you here. Growing up in Mississippi and... Um, um, you know, we didn't have a lot to do, but we played a lot of sand lot. We'd find somebody's backyard or a big vacant lot somewhere, and and uh, we started out making our own ball, I think, out of socks, and uh, we had a some kind of a stick for a bat. And then we graduated, and somebody finally could buy a wiffle ball and a plastic bat. Man, we were cooking. And um, And then eventually it turned into a real softball. You remember, we'd pick two people, and they'd be the captains, team leader. And they would, we'd get the group together, and they'd choose us. Only thing is, I didn't get chosen very much. I was the last one. I was a little bitty scrawny kid. Wasn't very athletic. Nobody wanted me on their team. I could hardly hit. I couldn't, I could run, but, you know, hitting the ball and getting on base was something else. Uh, You ever been there? I mean, that, that's kind of a, you know, that, that kind of does something to you. I finally got over that, you know, the fact that nobody wanted me. Um, it, it doesn't keep me tied down today, okay? But, but, but listen, God chose you. And he said, I want you. And I'll take 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 you. Listen, God chose us. I want you. I love you. I want you to be on my team. Isn't that marvelous? So he adopted you. You were not born into his family. But the scripture says there that he adopted you into his family. You realize it, that you were a sinner. And Jesus came to give his life on the cross to pay our sin debt. And you said, I'm sorry, God, you repented of your sins. There came a time when you repented of your sins. And that word just means to turn. I'm headed in one direction. I change. And I head in another direction. One day I'm walking away from God. And repentance is a change of mind that results in a change of the heart, the change of behavior. And now I turn and I'm walking toward God. And so you did that. And then when you did that, Listen, when you were born again, when you got saved, whatever term you want to put onto it, you were born into God's family. He became your father, and you became his child. And so there's a place in God's family for you. Number three, God's family. What is that? It's the church. God's family is the church. And you've heard me say this church is not the building, it's not an institution. It's not a denomination. It's the family of God. It's a group to be connected to and to fellowship with. So Jesus loves the church. He died for the church. God loves His family. 
Listen, in God's family, just like your nuclear family, God's family is not perfect either. And, and the, along the way, uh, some, some, some people say, well, you know, this person does this, this person did that, this has happened, this happened, this happened. Now, you li- listen, we, we, we're not perfect as God's family because we're imperfect people. Never will be perfect on this earth. And one day we will be. But what do families do? Hang together. Continue to love. They persevere. They keep on keeping on. See, and, and, and we need a church family. We need God's family. And uh, I've heard people say, well, when I got saved, you know, I was put into the church. Yeah, you were that invisible church. And it is true. When you become a Christian, when you're saved then you become a part of the universal church, which consists of all believers, past, present, and those that will be future. But, but it's not visible like a local body of Christ. I don't want to preach to an invisible church. I'd much rather do it when i got people in person. So that's where we... Listen, the, the church, that's where we come together to do life together. Do life together. Listen, we're real people in a real place uh, who, who have real problems with real hurts and habits and hang-ups, and everybody's got them. The family of God is never going to be perfect, not on this earth. We will be one day. Then number four, how do I connect? How do I connect? How do I become a part of the family? Two things. I give myself to Jesus, and I give myself to others. John 1, 12, to as many as believed on him, to them gave he the power, the authority, the right to become children of God. So once you give yourself to Christ, once you ask the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, not signing a card, not by baptism, not by joining a church, not by any of those. Those are good things. But you become a part of God's family when you trust Christ as your Savior. You're born again. Holy Spirit comes to indwell you. You're a member of God's family. That's step one. And then step two, I give myself to others. See, I belong to Jesus, I belong to others, and so do you. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. It's called belonging. There is a difference, listen, in attending and belonging. We need to attend 
but we also need to belong. We, we, we were designed for community. God designed us to connect with one another. God designed us to have fellowship one with another. Fellowship's important. And, and, and carrying those same thoughts, the Lord Jesus Christ made it possible for you and me to connect. Because the Lord Jesus Christ gave His life on the cross, He made it possible for me and you to connect with God the Father. He also made it possible for you and me to be part of the family of God and connect with one another. The Apostle Paul had something to say about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. As we think about observing the Lord's Supper, that's what we're called to do. We are reminded that we are to connect with God and we are to connect with one another. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Apostle Paul, writing under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gave some instructions to the church at Corinth because the church at Corinth was struggling in some areas. If you're in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17, look what Paul said. Talking to the church there in Corinth, he said, Now, in giving the following instruction, I do not praise you since you come together. Here's that term, together. Not for the better, but for the worse. For to begin with, I hear that when you, what? Come together. As a church, there are divisions among you, and I, in part, I believe it. Um, he said there in verse 20, Therefore, when you, watch this, come together in one place, it is really not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one person is hungry while another is drunk. So here's the context. Here's the context. The people were coming together to observe the Lord's Supper. Before they partook of the Lord's Supper, they had a, what we would refer to as a love feast. Uh, in Baptist circles, we'd say they had a potluck dinner because everybody brought a dish. They came together to eat. Here's the only problem. Those who were more affluent were bringing their dishes, and, and all the, the wealthier people were sitting down and eating before those who were poor came and could share in the food. So there was either little or sometimes nothing left for the, the people who didn't have as much. Not only that, some of them were drinking wine and getting drunk. And then partaking of the Lord's Supper, Paul said, shame on you. Hey, guys, wait a minute. You think I'm going to give you accolades for that? I certainly will not. And he goes on to tell us, uh, watch this in ver down in verse 33, uh, or, or verse 27. Let, let me park there for just a minute. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup in an unworthy way will be guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. So a man should examine himself. And he said, this is why many of you are sick and ill among you. Many have fallen asleep. In other words, that's another way to say many have died because of it. Therefore, verse 33. 
My brothers, when you come together to eat, wait, here's this word, for one another. If anyone's hungry, he should eat at home so that you can come together. Do you hear a theme in these verses? Come together. Consider one another. Wait for one another. The Lord Jesus Christ made a way for us to connect with God the Father and with each other when the Lord Jesus gave His life on the cross. As we celebrate the Lord's Supper, what we're really doing, and the wafer and the Jews are simply symbols. That's all they are. This is like an object lesson when we partake of the Lord's Supper. Listen, to remind me and you of what the Lord Jesus has done. We remember what He's done on the cross. We remember that He is walking with us today. And we remember that one day He's coming back. I'm going to read a verse to you that tells us that in just a moment. So here's what I want to say, and I want to preface this with these words. We practice open communion here. That means if you are not a member of First Baptist Church, you are still welcome to participate with us. The only thing that I would want you to do is to say, yes, I know the Lord Jesus Christ. And nobody's going to come ask you that. You just, you know, on on your faith and in in your heart, you, you answer that question. So... Open communion, as long as you know the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to partake in this time with us. Uh, And so these are symbols and a reminder to you and to me of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done for us.